Hello, I am your host, Tabari McCoy, and welcome to A Tight 45. A Tight 45 is brought to you by Everybody's Records, located at 6106 Montgomery Road in the Pleasant Ridge neighborhood of Cincinnati, Ohio. Everybody's Records has been independently slinging music for 42 years. Swing in and dive into a deep catalog of music, including vinyl, or bring in your own CDs or LPs for cash or trade. Listening in from out of town? Be sure to check out their website at www.everybodysrecords.com. Gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of A Tight 45. It is February 2021, the start of Black History Month, and I had hoped to have a very special guest on this episode to talk about uh, Black History Month in lieu of the last 10 to 11 months, but as they say, the best laid plans of mice and men often are led astray. So that did not happen. Unfortunately, uh, I tried my best, but I just couldn't make that happen. So instead, I, on this episode, have Miss Kelsey Swafford. Now, in case you don't live in the Cincinnati area, you may not know who Kelsey is. Kelsey is one of the managers at Up, Up, and Away, a local comic book shop with two locations here in the Cincinnati area, which is a fantastic store that has much more to it than just comic books. It's basically a pop culture uh, paradise, if you will. And on this particular episode, I had invited Kelsey on to talk to her because when you think about comic books and things of that nature, right? No matter what, you still get the idea of comic book guy from The Simpsons. And there's a good reason, because as my fellow comedian friend Vince Morris says, every stereotype has a nucleus. And Lord knows that I have seen enough dudes at comic book shops, baseball card shops, comic cons, and pretty much anything else of this type of nature that live up to that stereotype oh so well. But with Kelsey being part of a family-run business, having more than, I believe, a dozen years of experience in comic books, I thought it would be nice and unique to get a woman's perspective about the comic book industry, what type of comic books she likes, comic book characters this day and age, especially with the boom of the superhero movie in the Marvel Universe and whatever it is DC is trying to do with their films. Pause intended. So uh, this is going to be a nice little simple conversation. Kelsey's a friend of mine. Um, I've gotten to know her over the years. Uh, her and her dad run a fantastic business. They also do mail order. So while I'm not going to shill for them, um, if you're into comics and stuff, you might want to check them out. It's probably going to be to your benefit in that regard. Uh, so on this episode, we are going to talk about all things comics and it should be fun for everyone. Now, uh, that being said, it is Black History Month, and, you know, uh, this year just feels different. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how else to articulate it, but this year feels different because of all the stuff that has gone on 
over, you know, basically the past year. And I really, really, really um, have been struggling with how to approach uh, doing anything Black History Month related with this podcast. I really, really debated uh, going over and, you know, just talking about uh, so many different things, what it's like to be an African-American, life in America as a Black person, especially in lieu of the presidential election and the storming of the Capitol, Um, different documentaries, conversations that I've had privately with people, things I have posted on my Facebook page because um, it's my page and I can post whatever the hell I want. but uh, I decided not to do that at right now. February, while the shortest month of the year is every Black comedian has ever made a joke about, um, I still got three more episodes to drop this month. And um, I'm really debating if I really want to get into it, man. Um, seriously, there's just so much that I could talk about. And when you're Black and you start to talk about Black issues in America, you run that risk of people saying things like, oh, great another black person complaining or, oh, why don't they get over it? And then there's some people, you know, who just have no desire to understand uh, anything. There's just some people, you know, they feel like we, you know, they feel like black people should feel lucky to be here. Um, It's just a lot to process and a lot to dive into, which is why I was hoping to have a guest on that I, of course, could talk about this in greater detail with and have a conversation go that way as opposed to it feeling like anyway me sitting here pontificating uh to maybe preaching to the choir if you will because i figure if you're listening of course uh to my episodes my podcast you probably know where i stand on certain things um, or at least how i feel more or less about certain things but I don't want to do that type of preaching to the choir situation. That's not what I'm trying to do with that or anything of that nature. Um, So yeah, Uh, maybe future episode, maybe that'll happen. Maybe I'll have a guest on that. uh, That'll be a little bit better to articulate with and whatnot. But instead of that right now, I just want to welcome you to this episode of a tight 45 with a friend of mine. We're talking about comics. It's fun, because who doesn't enjoy a good comic book, and who couldn't use an escape these days from just how crazy the world is every damn day. So I hope you enjoyed the episode, and coming up after the musical break, my conversation with my friend and yours, Miss Kelsey Swafford of Up, Up, and Away Comics.
taking time out of your hopefully busy day to listen to this episode of A Tight 45. And on today's show, it is my pleasure to have on uh, someone that I've known for a while who lives and works here in the Cincinnati area like I do, but they have a very interesting and unique career because they work in the wonderful world of comic books and popular culture. Today, my guest is Miss Kelsey Swafford, who is one of the main people behind the booming business, if you will, that is known as Up, Up, and Away, a comic book shop with not one, but two locations in the greater Cincinnati area that also does internet order. And if you ever get a chance to visit, they, it's not quite as cool as the old spot, which is not their fault because there was like a bunch of like stuff where they had to move and legal mumbo jumbo, but they have a really cool shop with a lot of really cool things in it. And if you like comic books or popular culture, whether you're age eight or 80, and if you're 80, good for you for going out. But no matter what your age, they have a lot of cool things at their shop. And I am joined today by Miss Kelsey Swafford. Kelsey, how are you today, madam? I am good. How are you doing, Tabari? Oh, I'm all right. And it's funny because now you and I have had a longstanding uh, situation going on for the past few weeks where, and you already know where I'm going with this, and people can't see this right now, but... Uh, Kelsey has this thing where we, we've had an ongoing debate about the colors yellow versus orange. And Kelsey swears that everything that she has is yellow is not orange. And she's had fingernails, which have been tangerine, which falls into the citrus family of oranges. And today she is wearing the perfect sweater that is not quite yellow, not quite orange, but right in the middle. So well played, well played. I, I, I was afraid you were going to call this orange and we'd have to turn this whole podcast into a 45 minute argument about it. Oh no, we're not going to do that. I just figured I would get it out the way. As soon as I saw you today logging in to the Zoom call, I was like, no, she didn't. No, she didn't. She found the perfect hybrid so I cannot continue to make fun of her potential color blindness, which given the fact that you drive could be an issue. So just remember the one in the middle means hold up a little bit. So be that as it may, uh, how's things? It's a little cold and rainy here today in Cincinnati, but, uh, you know, it beats the alternative, I'm sure. Of what? Sunny and warm? Well, you know what? <laughs> I didn't plan that very well when I said it. It was one of those things that sounded good in my mind. I meant to say, like, we're both healthy because of, you know, pandemic and things of that nature, but I didn't articulate that well. This is off to a rousing start. In any case, uh, so yes, uh, as, so as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, Kelsey, you happen to work at uh, Up, Up, and Away, which is a business owned uh, by your very sitcom-like father, uh, Mr. Kendall Swafford. And uh, you have been in the comic book industry for a while now, and I consider you part of the industry because you know a lot about comic books. And uh, you also break many stereotypes about comic book people, both in terms of readers and shop owners, because comic book guy from The Simpsons does have a lot of guys in the world who act and look like him. However, uh, you are a young woman uh, who is very nice. You're not surly to customers. If I can say so without getting hashtagged, you're an attractive young woman and you actually seem to enjoy your job. So uh, the first thing I was going to mention is, um, what is the best thing about working at a comic book store? Oh, I don't well for me I like working with my dad a lot him and I have always been very close so that's one of my favorite things getting to work with him 
uh, and sharing this together and all the fun things we've gotten to do because of it. I also love having regular customers that I know, like I've known, I mean, we have customers over at Cheviot that have seen and grown up that I've known since I was 12, 14 years old. Um, even my Blue Ash customers I've gotten really close with over the last few years um, since that store opened. So that's probably my favorite part is being able to, to get to know people, my customers and talk to them about more than just comics, but have somewhere to talk about all this nerdy stuff uh, all the time. Very true. And I understand completely. And, you know, it's funny because no matter how much the world has changed, certain things they say, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And, you know, when we think about comic books, as I mentioned, you know, comic book guy from The Simpsons uh, is a, you know, he's a bit of a, you know, he's supposed to be the stereotypical collector. He's got the balding ponytail. He's got the ill-fitting outfit. He's extremely surly. He can talk about certain things ad nauseum, but has trouble dealing with people uh, although they finally let him have a wife uh, a couple seasons ago, so he's he's getting over those things. But I was just curious, you know, you've grown up basically working at the shop with your dad because I think you said you started when you were what twelve or fourteen? Twelve, yeah. Twelve. Oh, breaking all the labor laws in Ohio, perfect. Uh, but uh, I forgot because I don't want to say your age now, but you're over a decade in. Uh, hey, I'm I'm 26. Uh, uh, you know, I'm being so, polite, so I'm not going to have anybody writing me angry uh, emails. So. But, uh, you know, you've worked, so you've worked in comic books essentially yeah. half your life. Um, you know, when it comes to working in comic books, um, do you really think, do you, well, not do you really think, but do you think that that stereotype of what the average comic book Comic-Con attending person gets overblown? And do you think that it's changing where all different types of people now are really enjoying, you know, comics and pop culture, things of that nature like that? Yeah, I would say so. Um, in my experience from my customers um, and from going to cons and just the scope that they've started to reach, it reaches out to all, all different people with different interests. We have, um, we had customers a few years ago when they started making Star Wars comics again that had never read comics, weren't into comics, just want, were Star Wars, big enough Star Wars fans. And that one Star Wars book was enough to get them into other comics and keep reading and then just become become comic fans. Yes. And as a woman, do you see a lot more women coming in these days? Or has it been has it been pretty much the same? Because, you know, uh, I was just curious, is it was it one of those things where it's like, okay, it's a supposedly male dominated field, but with the success of Wonder Woman, if Black Widow ever drops, um, and all these other, you know, different characters, TV shows with the CW and everything else now, do you feel like it's a lot more balanced? Or is it, is it like, is it kind of cool to be a woman in comics right now, either in terms of working at a shop or just being a fan, would you say? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think it's still fairly male dominant, at least dominated in, in, you know, our customer base, but they are doing a lot. And you see a lot, like I'm in a, a shop employee, shop owner, female group, or well, it's not all fem female identifying um, uh, group on Facebook. And that's been really nice because you can share experiences or recommendations. And there, I mean, there's a lot of people in that group. So obviously across the country, it's becoming less male dominated and more more balanced and and we're seeing that and obviously Wonder Woman Black Widow getting movies and then um just how they're branching out into different different characters and storylines 
And, and, you know, and obviously you grew up with it, uh, you know, being around it all the time. But what is it about comics that you personally enjoy these days? Because a lot of people like a lot. There's so many different types of comics from the, you know, the, the, um, the traditional superheroes to, um, you know, more offbeat and crazy ones. I remember I was a fan of the one uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter. That was a different comic book title. Um, and then they have the adult ones where the guys that would probably be wearing an overcoat into the store would still be able to enjoy. There's, there's a wide variety, if you will. Um, I was just curious, uh, what is it about comic books, though, that you enjoy um, and that you've uh, come to appreciate as you've gotten older that maybe, you know, when you were first starting, like, oh, this is dad's thing to kind of like, this is our thing and it's my thing? Um. I don't know. I've, I've never kind of felt that it was his thing growing up. I mean, I, so, and my, and he never really forced it on me or pushed it on me. He uh, has been a comic reader, comic fan his whole life. So he would bring me Sabrina the Teenage Witch comics home when I was younger, like elementary school and middle school, because that's what I was interested in. And that's what I wanted and enjoyed reading. And then it wasn't more until he took over the store and I was helping him out in the summers that I got more interested into to DC and more mainline superhero stuff and started reading reading that. Um, and you, but now I still enjoy all of that stuff. But, but I love how many different genres uh, there are in comics, and all the different things you can explore. I like the horror titles, even though I'm not typically a horror movie fan. I can read it a lot easier than watching it. Um, some of the kind of trippy out there. Like there was a title a couple years ago um, from DC called Shade the Changing Girl. And it was just kind of like weird, trippy, existential. And I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I've always been a fan of art. So I always love, love stories with, with I mean, it's all good art and it's all subjective too. But I, I really appreciate um, both, both the writing and the, the drawing in the illustration and comics. I see. And of course, you are also very well versed in the business side, having over a decade experience. I was just curious because, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, you know, they they they, they like to turn their hobby into their profession. But, you know, it can be cut. A lot of people seem like they neglect or might be subject to neglecting the business side of things. Mm -hmm. So um, I was just curious, what is your typical week like working in a shop because you know obviously there's time where you spend behind the counter acting with customers but you guys have thousands upon thousands of titles um between two different locations you have some extremely rare um someone needs a kidney so i better sell this type of titles on hand at any one time um can you just talk a little bit about like what the business site business side of working in a comic book shop is in terms of like, you know, dealing with customers, ordering supplies, things of that nature? Um, yeah, dad, dad handles most of the, the ordering and like all that stuff. Um, uh, I will place orders in the computer for customers. Uh, although our point of sale now makes it really easy for customers to submit their own orders, but then dad will take that information and submit it with the distributors. Um, what I do, well, so we've recently got a couple comic collection, a couple large comic collections in. So right now our focus is trying to process through all of that because uh, obviously the money's tied up in that. So the sooner it gets processed, the sooner you can sell it, the sooner you make your money back. Um, so I've been doing the fun task of unbagging and rebagging and sealing comics. That's what most of <laughs> my weeks have been. Uh, lately, that stocking supplies, you know, making sure uh, and checking on pools in case you know, people haven't been in in so long, and if that stuff needs to get put back, 
Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, just on, we have to move stuff a lot because we have a new release wall. So the stuff that's still there, we have to move. And then some books that have been on the shelf too long, like more than a few weeks come down to get processed, to get moved to back issues. When we get trades in, we shrink wrap them. They're wrapped in, they don't come wrapped in plastic and not everyone does that, but we put boards in them and then shrink wrap them. So they stay nice on the shelves. So doing that. When people find out that you work at a comic book shop, what is the most common question that you get? Well, for their first reaction is typically telling me how cool they think it is uh, and how fun it must be. And then the pretty basic, most common question I get, they just ask my favorite character or if I like Marvel or DC more or what I read. And what is the answer to these questions, pray tell? Um, my favorite characters there are three batman green arrow and black canary okay. um i i lean more towards dc but i don't have a strong preference i just tend to lean more towards connecting with those characters and storylines but i'm not it's not an argument like oh dc's just better than marvel uh, uh so it's not what, it's not like a star wars star trek situation for you not no uh over the summer i finally caught up on uh the Kamala Khan Ms. Marvel series, which I'd been wanting to read for a while. And I really enjoyed that story and I enjoyed that character a lot. Um, Mortal Hulk from Marvel has been really good and that I'm not traditionally a Hulk fan specifically, but that's that hit, more of be, a- you know, Must be all that hidden rage you have, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to remember what the last question was. Oh, what I read. Oh, I was covering a little bit of that. Um, yes. I like to read a little bit all over the board. Like I like a lot of the stuff Image has done. I like to try a new story if it sounds interesting to me. Um, so a little bit all over the place. You know, and I was curious from your view, you know, having read hundreds, if not thousands of comics in your life, what makes for a good comic? You know, is it is it the drawing? Is it the art? I'm sure it's part of the story, but what makes a comic like stand out? Because obviously there are hundreds of titles from both major publishers and independents. But I mean, there are certain titles now that have gone across generations like Batman, as you mentioned, one of your favorites. Batman's been around since Bob Kane drew that thing in like the 1930s. Uh, Stan Lee, uh, he had been around for forever. I, it was almost surprising that Stan actually passed because he had been around for so long. So in your view, what is it? what makes for a good comic book? And why do people you think really enjoy these characters like this? Um, I think as with anything, uh, a compelling character that they they feel they can connect with on some level or story, um, or it's just kind of a genre they enjoy and it's done really well. Um, I think, I mean, comics across the board has a lot of great art. I think there are certain titles that you get a very, um, a, like a perfect fit of writer and artist to story, like the art just fits the story and the tone of it so, so well. Uh, like Tom King and Mitch, I believe his last name is pronounced Jared's, not entirely sure on that. Um, his, just his art style and what they did with that book just completely set the tone of it over the top. And like, that was such a fantastic book. I see. And, you know, like people also like get really into their comics. Like we talked about like DC versus Marvel and arguing over certain types of things. People get real passionate about them. Um, I was curious, have you ever thought about if, if you were on the other side and like making comics as opposed to selling them? Is that something that you've ever thought about that would be of interest to you? And if so, what comic would you probably gravitate towards trying to draw? 
Um, well, drawing a comic book is well be beyond my current skill level. Understood. Um, and, and writing is not my favorite thing to do. Okay. I am, I'm equipped to, to write while I just don't enjoy it. Is at least what I was, have been told. I see. Sounds like a lot of teachers had notes for your parents on uh, those PTO meetings. But that's neither here nor there. I asked that because I was just curious. Uh, diversity and inclusion has been has been a uh, hot topic um, over the last year, two years or so. Because um, I remember it was the big deal that Wonder Woman was going to get the first, you know, the first female-led superhero film, and you know we're seeing we've had um, you know the actress uh, Ruby Rose uh, had was on Batman, and you know they're going to have a gay or a lesbian Batwoman and things of that nature. I was just curious, do you think that comic books like reflect society or like kind of helping push it forward in terms of like, hey, you know, the world is changing and, you know, they're illustrating that in the comics because I have comics now with a black Batman, which I'm hoping I can retire off of one day. So please, DC, make them good, make them rare, make mine worth more money. But do you feel like, you know, like comics are kind of like pushing society forward or kind of just reflecting it in that regard? I think they're more so reflecting it. I think we're getting to a point where um, we're getting more uh, diverse creators as well. Um, so they just have more of a foothold in the industry, so to say, that, that that's able. So it's a reflection of it, there being more inclusion and more accessibility um, for di diversity, that it's more of a reflection because I feel like it, it could be pushed further than it is in my opinion but there's a bit of still older more traditional comic book fans resistant to change comic oh. fans in general are generally kind of resistant to change tend to be not all it's i got you and by old and by more traditional you mean like white dudes that don't want to see a black batman yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the hard things that Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey is too nice of a person to say it. I'll say it because I know I own, because Marvel got me for every Black Panther related item possibly within the last three or four years. I have no shame in admitting that. Although I'm also an Iron Man guy and uh, there's some other characters that I quite enjoy. Spider-Man I like. I can relate to the kid that just wants to do well and honor his grandmother. But, you know, I don't live in New York, but it, it, it is what it is. Shout out to Miles Morales as well. If he could ever hear this, because that's not a real person. <laughs> I'm I'm rambling, uh, but uh, but no. So you know, you, you said you think it could be pushed a little bit further, though. How so? Um, well, I mean, DC's obviously introducing a, a new future Batman character. I just, I, I think, in some regards, especially DC and Marvel, it just feels a little more safe in a kind of Disney way. Um, where and I've and I don't. And that most of what I'm speaking to is from the big publishers from DC and Marvel and in superhero comics, because I know there are a lot of, there's a lot more representation and diversity in independently owned and like image in the indie creators um, in comics, but it's just not hitting the mainstream in the same way. I, I mean, for us, DC and Marvel is still the, the biggest right the biggest sellers for us yeah they're the nike the adidas but you're looking for more like the sauconies of the comic book industry the, the asics if you will i can keep naming off-brand shoes and everything else but that's neither here nor there uh 
Now, on the flip side of this, you know, comics have become big business with like the Marvel Universe basically in WandaVision blowing up, you know, Disney Plus and and everything else right now. But of course, like every other industry last year, COVID-19 hit. And I was just curious, what ha what has been the impact of COVID on comic books, you know, 2020 and, and, and as we're going now and getting started in 2021? Um, well, now, I mean, since they've been publishing again, it feels fairly normal. Um, not, not as much of an impact. I mean, us at the stores, we're still closed at both a couple days a week, um, which were COVID hours and they haven't gone back to normal. We were normally open seven days a week. Um, our hours are slightly different, but I think a lot of stores still are at this point. Um, what saved us was having our online presence and the point of sale we had to manage pool lists so people could pay for their pools and we could ship them out and do curbside when everything first got shut down last spring. Um, the biggest problem, well, the biggest struggle we had was when comics stopped publishing because that's still a bulk of our sales are the weekly new books we get in our weekly return customers. Uh, so when comics stopped for a couple months, it was a little more concerning and worrisome about what's going to happen on the other side of this if we'll make it to the other side of this. Um, but then they started publishing again, we got to open back up. Um, you know, everyone in store has been, been great with us about wearing masks. We haven't had to really fight with anyone on it um, and keeping their distance in store. Everyone's very respectful. Um, and yeah, so it kind of feels comics are back to their weekly publishing. We haven't really had much many issues since They've been publishing again. They haven't stopped. It doesn't seem like they're going to. So relatively speaking, things have been going pretty smoothly. That's always good to hear, especially since I know that I try to attend your shop on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, I was curious, along with that, um, comic book fans get very, like, dedicated to the titles they like, but also to the stores that they like. What do you think it is about, um, you know, comic books and comic book shops that, Get, get that type of loyalty from people because, you know, with Amazon taking over almost every industry now with Prime and free shipping or, you know, and delivering inside the garage and they're into groceries now. I mean, it seems like it's comic book shops are kind of one of the few industries I can think of that really don't have like that overwhelming um, big box uh, corporate takeover. Yeah. Um, I think there's still that uh, shops can take on personalities from the people who work there and their owners. And I think customers will find a place they feel comfortable and they enjoy going to because they want to uh, interact and be able to talk about these things and share what they enjoy with someone else. So I think they can kind of tend to find that place they feel comfortable and they enjoy and they and obviously proximity, I think around here, well, I guess across the country too, but we have more uh, stores per capita uh, in the, than, than most across the country. Like Cleveland being a bigger city only has two or three shops and we've got a, a dozen. Yeah, there's quite a bit. Yeah. If you're if you're looking to nerd out, Cincinnati <laughs> is a great place for you to come if you can stomach the chili. Uh, be that as it may, um, you know, I was curious because I, we, I alluded to it earlier. Um, the pandemic has seen a big boom in sports card investing and people getting back into their hobbies for, you know, rediscovering their childhood passions. And 
uh, you guys, as I mentioned, have several really rare comic books at both locations. Um, you've gotten them graded. And for those of you that are listening that don't know, graded is where you take a comic book and you use like a jeweler's eyepiece and you check for centering and imperfections. And if it can be really, really mint, it could buy you a small BMW or at least get you a good lease. Um, I was just curious, uh, when it comes to like those rare and expensive comic books, because you ha you you have several at both locations, um, what makes a comic book more, now obviously we know that rarity, it has a lot to do with it, but what makes a comic book become that hot button, ooh, everyone's got to get it issue that takes off? Because you guys have had a couple of major releases and whatnot in the time I've attended. And, you know, I remember seeing those lines out the block and in the old times when you could be around people without having to worry about them breathing anywhere near you. But when it comes to like comic books as investments, what are your thoughts on that whole process and situation? Um, uh, well, comic books, uh I, what I, I feel like partially you might be referring to is like more current comics, like how do you, what's coming out that's just the in, hot book of the week. Right, or just in general. I mean, cause you know, some people obviously buy them because they love to read them and right. then others, you know, buy them as investments. Um, and I was just curious of more of that collecting investment side, um, you know, uh, what were your thoughts on that? Do you think it helps the industry? Do you think it hurts the industry? you know, just in general, you know, what makes for a really collectible book or title, if you will? Or? Um, key issues like first appearances, first issues, that kind of thing are always good for investment uh, purposes and they, they tend to hold their value more. Um, what we've seen lately is a lot of uh, speculation driving up certain books and it could be sometimes it's a first appearance or sometimes something semi big and that storyline just right. happened sometimes it's a cover like, like the death of a character because i hear the ambulance rushing behind you so i didn't know they were on their way to go save somebody from themselves uh but yeah so you say a lot about speculation and things of that nature or? yeah um yeah and that has has made it a little more difficult and we just have to be more aware because speculators people buying in speculation specifically will want to come in and buy whatever copies you have left of a hot book and then flip it immediately um and those books tend to not hold their value as much past a couple weeks online few weeks maybe um but we just have to be more vigilant uh so we don't sell out of things that we're not expecting to because we don't order more we don't have the have the timely way to order more expecting mm -hmm. this and we would just want to make sure you know, our regular customers, we have a fair amount that don't have full lists. And, you know, you've been getting every issue of Daredevil and you don't want to miss 26 because somebody came in and bought your last three copies. Uh, so that adds a, a challenge on to it. And it's hard to predict what, when, why some of those current book, new release books get hotter than others and people see them as investment pieces um, or just to flip. But, but for stuff, for more longevity, any kind of key first appearance uh, of characters, that kind of stuff still tends to hold its value in the long run. I see. And as it has, do you think that this is becoming like a is it becoming like a bigger problem or just a bigger practice? Because obviously, if more people are doing that, it means more people are buying comics, which you know helps in theory, I guess, publishers and shops. But if they're doing it to try to flip it and making regular customers not be able to find what they want, I could see that being as a problem. I mean, do you think it's a little from column A and a little from column B or? Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, it's it definitely, I think, a, a larger problem for, I, and I think speculation in the internet age beyond just comics is a larger problem uh, that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but but it does, I mean, it does help drive sales. And sometimes maybe you overordered on a book or you have, we're going to have a couple left over and you end up selling out of it. And, but I don't, uh, it's hard to say. I say, do you think the internet has been mostly positive for comic books and collectors and readers or? Um, or is it once again, like a double-edged sword type of thing? I think a double-edged sword because I mean, the internet, obviously like with people speculating, and kind of sharing that information and then they're just hunting down like uh, and then having the online store and work when we or yeah the online store and when we were first switching over the kinks of working out inventory and i know us in a lot of stores like the same handful of guys would buy up a single hot book from all of the stores on that have internet sites because they just know the network and so i i think that's a problem but it also allows more access for for people to find things that they might not be able to in their area if they're not close to a comic book store. Makes sense. You know, because obviously with any industry, you'll have your pros and your cons. But speaking of cons, comic books have comic cons. And I know that you have been a regular attender of several comic cons, including the big one, the San Diego Comic Con, which, of course, did not happen last year because, you know, worldwide virus sickness. Anyhow, um, what is it like? Because I've never been. And for those who have never been, can you explain just what it's like to be at San Diego Comic-Con these days? Well, I say these days, but, you know, hopefully it'll happen again. But can you can you explain just what that experience is like as a whole, especially working in the industry and things of that nature, not just being like the regular fan attending? Um, absolutely insane. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I don't know how it'll be going forward, but you're normally crowded in with more people than you could imagine. Um, there's a lot of standing in line to wait for things. Mm -hmm. There's standing, well, just standing in line to wrap, to get a chance to potentially give someone your money for an exclusive mm -hmm. that they might sell out of by the time you get through that line to buy it. I take um, it that you've had this happen. Um. No. Well, oh. well, we had to get a ticket. There wasn't. I we tried to bring stuff back um, to the store too. Some of the exclusives, if we can get our hands on it, or if customers ask for specific things, we try to as best we can. Um, so you know, we've had the experience of having to wait to say, "Oh yeah, you can go through the Hasbro toy line this day," and then you go or like this time, and then you go through it, and you still might not. They might sell out of one of the things that they had available in the beginning of the day um, by the time you get there. Um, but there are a lot of great panels, which is one of my dad and I's favorite things to do there. Um, uh, and a lot of comic centric ones. The Simpsons one is always fun. I like any ones that have animation ones that have the voice actors there. We did a set in on Teen Titans Go one a couple years ago and they had the voice actors and they did like a table read of a new episode which was a lot of fun nice. um, but yeah they do a lot marvel and dc still do a lot of um comic focused panels where they're especially with when announcing the big events coming up later in the year um and i just always enjoy, and i love the artist alley i love going to meet the artists and writers and kind of hear them talk about things at the panels and then um get sketches if i can 
from some artists. Very nice. I have never been able to go and who knows what it's going to be like going forward. And I was curious, what do you think Comic Cons? I mean, not just San Diego, but what do you think, you know, COVID's impact may be on Comic Cons? Because you've been to several and you know how big they are for the industry in terms of breaking new books or debuting other things and, you know, meeting the artists, meeting actors, celebrities and autograph signings and photo ops and blah, 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 blah. You know, what do you think uh, the impact will be, you know, knowing what you know from the past and just in general? Um, I I am not sure. I can imagine that that we're all hoping that there comes a day where cons can return to, to normal. Um, I don't know if we'll see any this year. I haven't heard many talks about uh, plans for any going on. The one of the first is uh, C2E2 uh, mm-hmm. in Chicago. It um, usually takes place in, in March or April. I think it's gotten moved up. Well, they ended up canceling last year, but I haven't heard any plans about if they were going forward with it or I haven't heard them say specifically it was canceled this year. I don't know if they ever announced dates last year though, either. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure what it'll look like going forward. I, I don't, know that there's exactly a a replacement for for that con atmosphere that's not you know being able to get back to conventions in a sense i see well you know hopefully that'll change because you know i've been to a few uh it's always nice to go and know that i'm probably the most athletic black dude in the room uh based on some of the people that i've seen which is what leads me to my next question and i was curious um there's a term uh, that people within know it as LARPing, uh, which if people don't know listening, that stands for live action role playing. I'm just curious because since I know you a little bit, I know you are a big Disney fan. You mm-hmm. are a huge Disney person. Have you ever gone LARPing at a con? And if so, what was the most recent or your favorite? No. You do not LARP? Uh-uh. Nope. How'd you get no. out of this? What? How'd you avoid LARPing and all this? Uh, You just don't, you're not into it? Yeah, just not into it. Don't partake. It's not something I have to get out of. (laughs) Just choose not to do it. I see. Well, I was curious, what is the craziest or most memorable LARP or costume you've seen at a con? Because I have been to a few events and I just dress regular. Maybe if it's warm, I'll throw on like a comic book t-shirt and some jeans, but I'm trying to look respectable when I leave as opposed to having to like fill up my gas tank and like some crazy costumes. The same reason I don't really do Halloween. I'm not trying to be at the pump at 1030 at night looking too crazy. Um, But I have seen some costumes. I was just curious, what, what was the most memorable costume you remember seeing at a con? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I've seen so many, like San Diego, they all fly by you so fast. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Okay, well, see, I'll give you mine to get this trigger. I was in Columbus at a Wizard World event when they did those, and there was a black dude dressed up like whoever the lady was that played the lead in King Kong, and I mean the 1930s version. Blonde wig, complete gown, and I was like, I don't know if that was just bought for this event or if that was just something he had ready for Thursday. So, I mean, yeah, and he was barefoot and it was cold. So I was like, all right, oh, this man no. is, com- I, I said, he is he is committed to the bit, as we say in comedy. Uh, but I didn't know there's never been a costume that just made you take notice of anything of that nature. Because I, I might be in a nursing home one day and I'll still remember seeing that dude. 
I'm sure there has, like I said, I just, I, I don't know if I've just been to so many. I just see so many that they don't stick out. One of my favorites, one of my favorites from San Diego. I remember this uh, mermaid man and barnacle boy. Okay. See, uh, I'm unfamiliar with this one now from SpongeBob. Oh, okay. See, I, I used to teach and I had too many kids that yeah. acted like SpongeBob um, or ended acted like Patrick, maybe because they did or did not involve some substance that you can't find under the sea. But uh, so yeah, I'm unfamiliar with this one, but please continue. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was fun too. Cause we were actually, I think walking to lunch, we were outside of the convention center um, in the convention center. There's um, a, a bay behind it. There's water behind it. So we were walking back there. Um, so it was a, a lovely place to run into Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. I see. And uh, did you get a picture with? Not with, of. Ah, did, were they posing for the photo or did you have to like sneak it in? Because I've seen people no, do that I, too. I asked if I could take a photo. Oh, very nice. There are people who get paid, I found out like a year and a half ago, two years ago, that get paid to just show up in a costume. Oh, it's cos like, yeah. Yes, you the cosplayers. Like that was amazing to me because I'm like, it's like the Instagram influencer, but I'm like, they're not selling anything. It's just, hey, I look hot in this outfit or I look like Johnny Depp sober in Pirates of the Caribbean. And I'm like, and they're making a, and I don't mean like the people that are like on vacation, like out like in Vegas or whatever, like, you know, you pose for the photo with them. Like these people just get paid just to show up in their costume or the cosplay as it was. That, that was amazing to me. And then I discovered there's like a full thing of that. So I'm just saying you may have a backup career option if you get tired of the books. I'm just throwing that out there. So actually what's, what is your favorite superhero of all time and whose powers, if you could have any superheroes powers, who would you pick? You know, I've been asked this before at uh, one of the comedy shows and I was unprepared with an answer, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, and I am still unprepared with an answer. Um, I would have to say that Black Canary Sonic Scream is very on brand for me. So if I could actually break stuff by yelling loud enough, I, I would probably very much enjoy that. I see. You know, you haven't had you haven't you haven't had to yell at any customers or anything, have you? Um, I mean, occasionally, not like yell, yell, but. Oh, what is the craziest thing you've ever seen happen during your time at working at a shop? And by a shop, I obviously mean yours. So <laughs> the only one I've worked at. Yes. What is the craziest thing you've seen or craziest thing you've seen a customer try to do, if you will? Um, I don't know that I would call it crazy. People like to touch things. Oh, so we have, we don't have a public restroom. At, we don't have one at Blue Ash anymore either, but we don't mm -hmm. have one at Cheviot. Yes. And one day I was working and these two guys come in and I recognize them, you know, they're in there often enough for me to recognize them. And um, I'm not typically at Chevy most of the time right. I am now. Our, but our For those listening, they have two locations in two different areas of Cincinnati. One's on the west side in a town called Cheviot, and the other is in the east side of town in a town called Blue Ash. And to give you an idea for those that are not Cincinnati natives of what these two areas are like, one is a very Dukes of Hazard feel to it, and the other has a very uh, upper crust uh, Downton Abbey feel to it. The one that she is referring to right now is not Downton Abbey. You were saying, Madam. Um, and so like, I recognize them. I know they've been in, they've been coming in for a while and I'm not, I wasn't the full-time manager over at Chevy at Bill was. So I, but anyway, the, they, these guys walk in and one of them 
like I say hi, but go straight in and go straight through the back door to the bathroom. It doesn't say anything to me, doesn't ask. And I'm like, clearly he knows where the bathroom is. So maybe our manager Bill has let him before, <laughs> but the door was shut. He just goes back and open it. I'm like, uh, where did he go? What? Uh, that, that one threw me a little bit. I mean, it's not that crazy, but it was just odd. I understand. Well, I mean, you know, if that's your craziest story, you've probably <laughs> led a very good life as it were. Uh, I was curious, you know, cause I, I talked about some of the rare and expensive books you guys have. What is, what, or what has rather been the most expensive or most rare comic book that you've actually seen? Um, a couple years ago, we had a Wonder Woman 1 through 15 in a collection. Um, and then we recently got in a Fantastic Four number one. Uh, sent it off to get graded, got graded at a 2.5. So, Which is out um, of a scale of 10, so that's kind of low. Yes, it is By, low. Yes, like as in low, like very low. It's like little John get low, low. Yeah, uh, still, still an incredibly expensive book at a two point five. How expensive was it? Um, graded at a two point five. Uh, Fantastic Four number one can range between like a ten to twelve thousand dollar range. I see. It, what's the most expensive book you ever sold that you personally ever sold? Do you remember? Um, I don't. Nothing that expensive. Uh, sure, sure, something in the few hundred dollar range. Oh, okay. Because I've seen some books get you know stupid, crazy, and things of that nature. You know, um, a after working at a comic shop for over you know a dozen years now, what do you still enjoy about it, and what do you think makes people still enjoy them? Because you know, things go in cycles, as they say, and whatnot. But we had the you know, we had the superhero movie boom and everything else. And then we've had people talk about superhero movies. I forget which director it was. I want to say it was Martin Scorsese, who keeps making the same gangster movie over and over again. Uh, but, you know, people like them. People fade in and out. You know, adults will bring in kids and, you know, those kids become adults and they may get away, but they seem like they may come back. What do you think is really the enduring power of comic books? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Is it that I could just be the storytelling? I mean, it's all, not all of it's timeless. You can get some dated stories, obviously, but I, I think it's just the, the power of connecting to stories and to characters and, um, identifying with characters and stories and relating to it. I think it hits that on a personal level and, and they can be fun. They can be serious. There's something for everybody. They don't have to take themselves too seriously. It's just something to enjoy. And do you think that you will stay in the family business? Would you like to own the shop yourself one day? Do you think you'll expand out? Will you franchise? What does the future hold for for young Kelsey? Um, I, I say that like young Sheldon on CBS, but hopefully uh, your show would be much better. Uh, but uh, you know, do you think that this is an industry that you'd like to stay in? Would you like this? You know, would you like to maybe mentor? other people one day, maybe mentor other females that are, are women. I'm sorry, I said females like a rapper in the 90s. Would you like to mentor other women and say, hey, this is a place for you to make it more inclusive or diverse, as you say? Or? Um, I mean, I wouldn't be against doing that. Mentoring in general is not quite <laughs> suited to my personality. Um, I, I don't exactly want to stay 
um, I don't, I don't want to end up taking over and owning and running the store entirely one day. Um, this is not, not my only job either. Um, yes, because you also do photography. Yes, uh, real estate photography. Um, and I really, really enjoy that. And I've been doing that two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to do a little bit more of that. I, I love working in the stores. I can't imagine fully being out of the comics industry forever. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to completely take over and run. Now, is is there another sibling that may be in line for this or what's going to happen to the up, up and away dynasty? Um, well, there is another sibling in line for this. She is not. (laughs) (laughs) So it's pretty much you or nothing is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that. (laughs) I like how you're just now having this revelation that's being recorded so that anyone listening can come into the shop and be like, so what's going to happen in the future? So is this going to be like a Logan's run thing when you turn 30 and just, you don't even know that reference. Oh my gosh. I forgot that I'm so much older (laughs) than you. You young, young punk with all of your hope and vision and dreams. Anyway, I digress. Uh, So, so no, not sure what's going to happen with the future yet, huh? Yeah, not sure. I'm not not much of a planner either. So, <laughs> uh, I just love how people say, "Oh, people are hard, too hard on millennials." Ta-da! Alrighty. So, sorry. Hey, at least we're not arguing about the fact that you still don't know tangerine is orange and not yellow. I but- can't wait to come into the store with my nails painted to match this sweater <laughs> and to show you. <laughs> I can't wait for me to have video evidence of this clip. So that way, when this goes up on the social media channels for teasers, people can then come in and be like, so what color did you really think the sweater was? But I digress. Instead of a still photo for promotion, can I just send you a photo of this color freshly painted on my nails and we can have it open for a poll? You know what? We may have to do a poll. And you know what? We're going to have to do a poll if... Those of you listening, if you happen to hear this episode, I want you to go on look on the Instagram or the Facebook or the YouTube, Twitter, or even the Twitter feed. And if you look at if you look at the promotional clip for this episode, if you think that that sweater is more yellow than it is orange, because I'm gonna say that sweater is much more yellow looking than orange. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree. I would call this okay. yellow. Okay, wait, what, what, what color are your fingernails right now? Um, they're chipping off the, the yellow color that we argue about. Okay, so wait, hold up. Just one of the hands with the fingers. Oh, I would rather not do that right now. Is it because you know that those are orange? No, I mean, like, they're almost entirely off my nails. Okay, like, well, you know, color. here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want anyone that happens to go visit one of Up, Up, and Away's locations, or if you follow her on Instagram, which you probably should. She's a good photographer. So I want you to figure out and she i want her to get kelsey i want a picture of your hand like a hand model i can't promise that there won't be some creepy dude with a fetish that's not my problem but i want a picture i want photographic proof of this tangerine fingernail color if you think we're the we'll do a hundred people if a hundred people out of that hundred if a majority say that they are yellow i will give away a free copy of one of my albums if they say they are orange like i say i need to be able to give away an up up and away gift certificate to somebody for it that's good for at least one book it ain't gotta be expensive we'll cover one comic all right absolutely 
All right, we've gotten this together. And now that I am rambling and we're in all types of places, uh, Kelsey, uh, for people that would like to follow you online or learn more about the shop, where can they find you and where can they find more information about Up, Up, and Away? Um, we have two Up, Up, and Away Facebook pages. Um, it is Up, Up, and uh, Ampersand, Away, exclamation point, and then Up, Up, and Away, Blue Ash. Um, those are two Facebook pages. The Instagram is up, up, away comics. I believe that's what the Twitter is too. Um, or up, up and away comics.com. You can shop what we have in stock. Um, and go. then my Instagram is at Kelsey Swaffles. Because of course, who doesn't like waffles and who doesn't like Kelsey? You put them together, you get Casey Waffles. Uh, Kelsey Waffles, rather. You know what your name is. No, it's, I'm, I'm it's Waffles. It's a nickname for my last name. Yes, I know. I, I, I realized I was going for the joke and then I ruined it because I'm getting hungry. And then you said waffles and you made me think about food. This is what happens when you have a chubby black dude hosting a podcast at dinner time. In any case, uh, last thing, because I'm, I'm curious about this and you are you are you're very like uh, you're very um, I cannot think of the uh, adjective at this point in time that I'm trying to use is not the word. To, you're very humble, which is a nice quality. But I'm curious. How many times do you get hit on at the shop? And do you and what has been the most unique way that a customer, male or female, for that matter, has tried to let them know that you were their favorite target of their comic book affections? Because um, I'm I, sure this has happened before. I have a very boring answer for this, where there's been nothing that that unique. Really? Yeah, it doesn't happen as often as you think it would for me. For those of you listening, you now have an opportunity. Shoot your shot. She's single. So there you go. So Kelsey Swafford, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day. I look forward to seeing all the roses and back issues of Little Lulu and Betty and Veronica and everything else that shows up that you don't read that people will probably think you do for your future paramour and husband and or wife. Who knows? Take your shot, everybody. Uh, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of A Tight 45. And that is a wrap on this episode of A Tight 45. I would like to thank my guest, Miss Kelsey Swafford of Up, Up and Away Comics. And of course, if you are interested, you can check out their Facebook pages, or you can, of course, find them online with a simple Google search, because the website is not one of those simple www.type deals, but it's out there. Just Google it. You'll find it. And of course, if you would like to send any questions, you can always email tabari at tabarimccoy.com. That is, you can email me by hitting tabari at tabarimccoy.com. That's the whole thing, in case you didn't catch that before. And you can also catch me on my website, www.tabarimccoy.com. Hoping to have some new information about some upcoming shows, hopefully in a very nice, safe, socially distanced environment, of course, coming up here soon. So... Once again, thank you for tuning in to listening. You can get ready to enjoy that nice, smooth R&B fade out. And until next time, I thank you for listening to this episode of A Tight 45.